Listen in as we start our series of interviews to answer the question of why every pharmacy needs a robot behind the scenes. Plus, we build on last week's feedback and turn it into actionable insights that you can use with your team straight away. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of Transformation, the first show in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to help you, the motivated pharmacy owner, prepare your pharmacy and build a smarter, more successful 21st century pharmacy. We're now in three countries, would you believe? I now have subscribers now in USA and Canada. So welcome to the US and the Canadian listeners. That's terrific to have you on board. I know that's probably on the back of our interview with uh, Joshua Zeering from Quickie, and uh, we look forward to updating you on the progress of uh, his events as things transpire in July. My insight of the week is coming from the Audit Commission report. I'm not going to focus on the negatives, I'm going to focus on the positives. And the positives of that was that there is looking again to extend the scope of pharmacy practice services, to increase the level of services. And there's a potential opportunity there now that we can see that private healthcare are looking to subsidise GP consultations, that they may in fact look at subsidising pharmacy consultations as well as that model evolves. So the future for us is primary healthcare and services. Obviously from a Guild perspective, David Quilty did come out and it is a softening up exercise and there's no evidence at this stage of reversing the trend of existing policies. But again, our future points towards primary healthcare and services and a 21st century pharmacy is exactly what we wanna build and that's what we have gotta be focusing on. So what we need to be doing is shifting our consumers and our customers' opinion onto our core, core business, which is advice. For so long, we've been cross-subsidizing our services with prescriptions and other products and those days are over and our new pharmacy business model needs to change. One thing we're definitely going to need in this process is efficient logistics. We simply cannot afford to have huge costs in our business dedicated to manual and administrative costs. We need to be smarter and there's no better lead in and segue to our interview coming up. We're going to be focusing today on pharmacy automation. and we're going to be looking at how we can separate the efficient logistics with our clinical services and how that can leverage that professional services model and engage our customers with us as pharmacists for as long as physically possible without any invention of administration or any operational things getting in the way of our customers interaction with us. So to kick off our series of pharmacy automation and showing you, the pharmacy owner, everything that you need to know from the idea to the implementation to the effect that it has on your patients, we've got an interview series coming your way, starting today with Robert Allen. Robert is the Chief Executive Officer of Dose Innovations. Robert Allen has been a well-respected pharmacist and an active contributor to the Australian pharmacy industry for the past 20 years, holding various roles across the pharmacy sector, 
In 2011, Robert was appointed CEO of Dace Innovations, where he leads a talented team of pharmacists, engineers and professionals who deliver cutting-edge automation solutions to Australian pharmacies. Dose Innovations aims to find the best pharmacy automation technology from around the world and adapt it to Australian pharmacies. Robert Allen, welcome to the Transformation Show this morning. Thanks very much, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, fantastic, fantastic. I think our pharmacy owners are going to get a lot of value from you. You are a well-respected pharmacist for the last 20 years and uh, implementing technology not only in your companies but in your own pharmacies. And I think they'll get a great insight um, from your take on uh, where pharmacy technology, particularly automation, which we're going to cover today. Thanks, Rob. So what made you fall in love with pharmacy automation? Is, Is there a story that you can tell us? Well, I guess um, uh, probably I, I can remember uh, distinctly the first day that I, um, I saw a rower. It was at um, an expo farm probably about three years ago in uh, Munich. And, um, I, I, you know, when I saw it, I in- instantly fell in love with it. And what I saw in that was, I guess, what I'd implemented in my pharmacy probably 10 years earlier. Um, uh, that was in earlier stages of pharmacy and um, essentially I had a pre-registration pharmacist, uh, front shop assistant and um, uh, our front shop assistant decided to move to another country and left and we had, a, I guess, an employment decision to make and the decision I made was to employ an additional um, pre-registration pharmacist instead of a front shop person and I decided as the the pharmacy manager to become the front shop, uh, uh, I guess, sales consultant uh, slash pharmacist. And um, and I guess when I saw the rower, I saw the rower as, uh, you know, the ability to, to free up pharmacists to, to be that point of contact um, in their pharmacies. Oh, terrific. And when you were over in Munich, as, um, as I've probably shared with you in the past, um, my, where, where I got in touch first with Roa was uh, my father was over in a conference in Munich and uh, visited one of the uh, Apotetech uh, pharmacies over there. And, yes. um, and um, the thing that he fell in love with was the, the workflow of the pharmacist in the front and how it was just so seamlessly integrated into the workflow. The pharmacist never had to leave the uh, front of the store. Was that, was that what you saw? Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess essentially I had a manual process whereby, um, I, you know, as a pharmacist, I didn't need to move from my customers. And when I saw the rower, I could see that um, I guess that was an automated solution to my manual solution that I'd implemented, um, you know, many years ago, whereby, um, you know, repetitive um you know, non-challenging tasks uh, were taken care of so that I could actually focus on what I, I personally loved most about being a pharmacist was making a difference to people's health. And how, how did you find the patients responded when you changed that workflow? Um, it was incredible. Um, uh, essentially, year on year for sort of three years, we had uh, 20% growth um, of the pharmacy, total turnover, not just front shop. And, um, and essentially, uh, I guess I... Uh, you know, I had built a great relationship with um, with my customers. You know, I had people they would move away and still return to the pharmacy. Um, I had one customer that drove an hour and a half from the Gold Coast just to to come to our pharmacy, and and essentially that was based on the relationship I built with them by um, you know being able to engage with them every single time they came in the pharmacy. 
Oh, fa fantastic. And look, the, the, the look on their face when you don't have to uh, walk away from them or engage too many yes. people in the process is terrific. I think the logistics yeah. just get in the way too many times. Oh, absolutely. So why do you believe that pharmacy owners can use technology as a catalyst to uh, master pharmacy in the 21st century? Well, I guess I see... Um Pharmacy automation essentially is an enabler. So, and um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see what a difference it's made to overseas pharmacy. Um, I think our pharmacy industry is going through a, a you know a period of change. Um, you know, it's a it's troubling times at the moment for some pharmacists. Um, I think some people, you know, especially those subscribers to your embracing technology, are. Um, you know, are looking for, for new ways to do do their business and, and different ways that they can actually touch their customers. Um, I think the automation, there's, there's a lot of uh, wasteful processes in pharmacy and um, essentially we do those day in, day out um, because, um, um, you know, maybe there hasn't been any, any solutions or, or we're not aware of any solutions. And I see automation as a, as a real way to... to you look at your business, um, you know, look at what you're trying to achieve and, and essentially it's an enabler for you to be able to achieve, um, you know, what you want to do with your store. And it's not just not just about just introducing the fact that the pharmacist doesn't have to go pick the products, but it's more than that. It's You're able to change the way you accept inventory into your business. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, pharmacy business is, is a number of things. It's, you know, it's financial management, um, it's, uh, you know, logistics, uh, staffing, stock, um, and, and it essentially is providing professional services. So as we see pharmacies, um, you know, uh, are being uh, re reimbursed for providing professional services and there seems to be a thirst of new graduates to be able to embrace that, um, yes, we're freeing up the pharmacists, but also we're providing timely, accurate stock takes. Um, the amount of customers you may lose if you haven't got their stock, well, now you've got complete inventory management um, at the touch of a button. Uh, you're able to even, in some cases, put uh, your stock away automatically and, and automatically reorder. So it's becoming very exciting um, in the amount of processes that you can automate um, to be able to free your professional staff up to provide professional services. Mm. And I definitely think it's not even restricted to the pharmacy. I think I've probably told you that there's a legendary story I heard out of Germany where one of the wholesalers um, were, were partnering so closely with pharmacy and automation that they were delivering stock overnight and opening up a hatch in the back of the pharmacy and having the products sent through the chute and um, it w automatically then loaded into the uh, robot. I don't know which brand that was. Um, perhaps you might be able to tell me, but um, it, it was able to actually put all the stock away for the pharmacist when they walked in the next morning. And I just think that workflow, if, if we can achieve that, I think also our wholesalers should be paying attention to it as well. Yeah, there's a number of applications with wholesalers, um, uh, but certainly um, delivery to the to the store um, uh, through you know a one-way um, portal. That that's generally happening fairly commonly in in many um, uh, pharmacies in Germany in particular. 
Um, but uh, from a wholesaler point of view, there's certainly um, it, there's slower moving lines. Um, uh, the rower is scalable. You know, the largest one will be 15 metres long, three and a half metres tall. And there's cases of multiple installations um, where the slow moving lines for wholesalers, which would be fast for pharmacy, are actually automated through the rower. Um, there's there's avenues for uh, refrigeration. So, uh, as you're probably aware, the most inefficient um, wholesaling lines uh, are refrigerated lines. And there's an example of a whole rower inside a refrigerated room in Europe, which is pretty exciting. And that's uh, certainly delivered many efficiencies. And I personally see a, a huge uh, potential for wholesalers in regards to their um, you know, they control drugs management. So you could almost have a rower in a cage that um, that was able to automate um, the, the controlled drugs through their logistics. And then obviously you've got the end delivery to uh, the pharmacy that has a rower with, uh, you know, an uh, iProlog or a Prolog, which is the auto putting away. And essentially they're putting, you know, the wholesaler is putting the orders on the shelf for you, which is, you know, it's incredible. Mm, no, absolutely. And I think there's a great opportunity uh, for any wholesalers if they are uh, listening. Um, I think from the pharmacy owner's perspective, um, you know, certainly I think a lot of pharmacy owners come to APP every year and, you know, they see all of the different displays of all the pharmacy automation products. And some may actually just view that as that if they put a robot in their pharmacy, that it changes their whole pharmacy and it can transform it into a 21st century pharmacy. Um, what do you see the challenges, um, in particularly for pharmacy owners, that they might want to come, come across and certainly deal with before they consider a purchase of a pharmacy automation product? Well, I guess, I guess it's a bit, um, I, I hear lots of comparisons of, you know, buying automation is buying a car and I probably couldn't think of anything more different because um, essentially when you're uh, investing in your pharmacy and, and purchasing a robot, you, and, and we've had this from some of our customers, you, you definitely need to consider um, what it is that you're trying to automate in, that, in the pharmacy, um, what processes are potentially could be improved, um, what is the end, re end result that you're trying to achieve. And, you know, it's about consulting with people that do this for a living. Uh, for example, you know, we've got a numer numerous amount of automation consultants. And, and it's not just about putting a robot in your store. It's about designing um, that, uh, you know, in your workflow so that you can actually get the maximum benefit. And um, that's probably just as important as uh, which technology you decide to, to choose to go with, uh, to be honest with you, Rob. You... Um, you really need to embrace what it is you're automating, what types of processes, what they're currently taking up and what you're trying to deliver as an end result. Absolutely. And, you know, like I'll always uh, champion on around the fact that the technology doesn't change our pharmacies. Our workflows and processes are the same. We just have the ability to be aiding or automating and make our processes more efficient by injecting that technology at the right point. I don't think any pharmacy can benefit from just throwing it in and thinking that, well, okay, I was told that if I put a robot in that I'll have less dispense techs and I'll have less pharmacists. But uh, if their workflows as you said it doesn't mm. change it's not going to it's not going to help them at all it's essentially a change management process and and obviously uh you need to involve uh, your your current staff you need to you know talk to them about what you're trying to achieve um you know again it's an enabler 
So uh, whereas uh, currently if you looked at your business and you, and, and you saw it running, you'd say, okay, well, this is what we need to do. Um, essentially, or, uh, investing in automation um, enables you to do what it is you want to do with your pharmacy a whole lot quicker and a whole lot easier and um, with a better return. Absolutely. And look, I had the great fortune of um, visiting the stand at APP and it's obviously a great way for pharmacy owners to get a hands-on experience with uh, ROA and Dose Innovation products. Um, but outside of APP, how do pharmacy owners keep up to date with uh, pharmacy automation products and obviously particularly your own? Yeah, so um, uh, for the previous uh, 12 months, uh, we've run a fairly extensive uh, advertising campaign through um, pharmacy magazines. And um, But what we've just introduced is a, um, a bi-monthly newsletter. And essentially what we're doing uh, with that is introducing um, you know uh, different technologies um, uh, explanations of the different technologies capabilities um, examples of customers that have invested in automation and you know are getting results um, as well as you know company profile of different staff members from dose innovations because you know it's a partnership that we enter into um, when, when someone invests in one of our products and you know, we see it as a, it's really important that, that people understand not just what the product is, but what stands behind the product. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's a great segue is that have, have you done any implementations in the last year where it's changed or perhaps even revolutionized one of your pharmacies that you've partnered with? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's numerous and in, in numerous states. And I think even if you, um, you know, it's a bit like, uh, you know, if we go back 10 years doing a fit out, well, you know, you, you could come up with a perfect fit out, but then you can always have uh, improvements after that. So, well, we've got some owners that, are, that have actually purchased more than one of these um, machines. And what we've found is that, you know, they've spent time and we've looked at workflow in regards to their first install, but even on the second one that, that you know, because they understand more about what the potential is, they actually make further changes. But probably the, the you know, the best site that we take people to, um, and not because it's my pharmacy, but uh, we have a, a site at Kippering in um, uh, Redcliffe, Queensland. And uh, I guess it's, it's, a, it's an example of how um, embracing technology can essentially change the whole workflow and the performance of a pharmacy. Um, that that you know can overperform in such a small area. Oh, but look, I, I think it, you know as as a potential customer myself, it's certainly a, a great benefit to be able to see the pharmacy owner implementing it into their own pharmacy um, and seeing seeing how it works for you and that you're not afraid to stand behind that product. I think that's a great initiative and uh, hopefully your customers have been able to see that when they've come to your pharmacy. Yeah, I, I, I truly think that that's what happened and, and I guess from a personal point of view, um, I feel a lot more comfortable in uh, talking about the benefits of um, our products, knowing that I've um, invested in it, knowing that I've tried it out, knowing that I'm actually getting the benefit currently from from it, and I've made changes in my pharmacy, and I'm more than happy to share those any ideas that I have um, with pharmacists looking to invest in their pharmacies. Mm, absolutely, and so let's let's just take our pharmacy owners on a bit of a journey. Um, they want to get in. They, they know pharmacy automations on the cusp of separating their logistics from the clinical side, and and they want to get started on that journey. So, what advice would you give them in considering 
pharmacy automation and their readiness for it? And is there and, and, and what would they do initially? And you know, how long would you see the process from end to end uh, lasting? Um, well, in a perfect world, um, I'll give you the perfect scenario. So, you know, essentially you would, um, you know, identify the fact that you're considering automation. Um, the first step is to consider are you just uh, are you making any further changes? So is this part of a relocation? Is it part of, a you know, an expansion, a contraction? Um, because I think some of the benefits that, you know, we don't realise is with through automation, you could potentially reduce your store size, not reduce your turnover and save some rent, which, you know, is probably fairly poignant at the moment. Mm. Um, but, yeah, what are you doing with your pharmacy? Uh, are you making major changes or just, is it just a dispensary change? And it's about engaging um, providers of automation. So th there's a number of providers and... Uh, you know, we certainly at Dose Innovations welcome open dialogue whereby, you know, we can discuss what it is you're trying to achieve, um, what are, we'll offer you some scenarios uh, as to what the potential is with your store. And, and that's probably about an eight-week process um, if, uh, if the pharmacist has had no exposure to automation whatsoever. Mm. So they'll be visiting, uh, you know, stores. They'll be looking at uh, different fit-outs, different ways it's used. Um, they'll be con back and forth planning in regards to the, the correct and, and, and layout, the functionality of the machine that you're wanting. And, um, and, and uh, basically that's about eight weeks to, to come to the conclusion that, yes, I want to invest in, a, in, in automation and, 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 and buying a machine. Okay, no, that's fine. And assuming that they decide in that eight weeks that they want to push forward, um, you know, if they're going to be doing forward planning for the next 12, 24 months, you know, yes. what, what time frame would they see their first uh, box of medicine being dispensed through a robot? Okay, so the lead time for upon signing and deposit for a row machine is um, it's basically sixteen weeks. Um, so, and that involves uh, it's it's a great opportunity to explain, I guess, the thoroughness of of the rower technology. So, um, in, in past years, uh, rower used to assemble the machine in full, um, simulate um, uh, the 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 product working, um, and then disassemble and uh, and dispatch. Now what they've introduced is further technology where any moving parts are able to run a simulation, you know, similar to, you know, uh, washing machine companies, et cetera, where they, you know, they tell you that it, it's had a year's usage, so to speak. But um, there's an eight-week uh, construction, um, and, and once that happens, then uh, we allow eight weeks for shipping. Um, generally, shipping will be six to eight weeks. Um, but we, we prefer to err on the side of caution so that that installation date is locked in because that's imperative that that install happens on that time um, because often we're working with um, shop fitters and designers and our role is to not inconvenience the pharmacy uh, you know, and to reduce that uh, inconvenience as much as possible. No, absolutely. And, and look, let, let's just cast a bit further ahead. The pharmacy owner's got the robot in their pharmacy. Um, how, do, how does Dose Innovations ensure that the patients and the pharmacy owners get the maximum benefit from their investment? Okay, so most of, um, I guess, the outcomes are um, already uh, documented prior to the purchase of the robot. Um, uh, generally, we recommend that pharmacists, you know, sort of do a mini business plan in regards to what they're trying to achieve, that they communicate that to their staff, um, you know, they identify um, key roles, uh, key 
training requirements if, if, if needed so that you've almost got KPIs and, and a business plan for when the, when the automation goes in. Um, we, uh, when we install our technology, um, essentially once the machine is commissioned, um, you know, you're fully operational. And, um, and, you know, all the aspects that need to be delivered from our automation um, generally happen. Um, so it's then to the pharmacist and the pharmacy staff to um, uh, essentially we, we run a, an education on the machine uh, once we've installed it. But um, as an over and above, what we tend to do is go back to the pharmacy again in six weeks' time um, and we uh, retrain all the staff in the use and the familiarity of the automation and um, we, we issue certificates for staff members, you know, that, that, that are familiar with the machine. So there's definitely um, an adjustment time. We, we find that's about six weeks. And, um, and that's just betting in of the fact that I'm not putting stock on the shelves, I'm not retrieving stock from the shelves, and by the way, I, I don't have to put, this, put the stock away. And, uh, you know, about uh, what the pharmacy and the pharmacy staff are doing with their extra time that they have, given the fact that, you know, there's so much more that time that they've got now for their customers. Mm, now, terrific, terrific. And, and let's obviously, one of, one of the questions I think most pharmacy owners will ask is, Geez, what if so? What if something goes wrong? Um, how quickly can you help me, and uh, will I be down for any period of time? Um, so, uh, I guess through this automation, um, because it's you know so so reliable and um, it's so well, um, you know, there's up to five thousand installations in the world. So it's not a you know it's not a brand new thing that is not tried and tested. Um, we. Uh, there's a few features around the robot, but I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the basics. Essentially, we sign a, an SLA with the customer. Um, it's part of a 10-year guarantee, and Dose Innovation commits to being on site um, within a certain period of time, um, which is what most pharmacists ask. But um, it's probably a little bit easier than that because essentially we're a phone call away, and what some people aren't aware is our particular technology is is connected through um, the internet. Um, the picking head technology has a video camera in it, so um, probably two thirds of any issues can be remotely fixed. No, that's, and um, yeah, it's got great. two two PCs in it. So if ever there's a PC problem, uh, there's a backup. Um, if ever there's a power problem, we've got UPSs in there, multiples if required. Um, and, and every single machine is polled in Australia is polled on a screen by Dose Innovation. So we measure error rates of every single machine um, daily and, and report on those weekly. And uh, we do a full diagnosis dial-in once a month to the customer. So I guess our focus is more on preventative um, um, maintenance, so finding issues before they occur rather than waiting for someone to call us. Yeah, absolutely. The same with our patients. We always want to be more wellness than uh, issue focused. So that's terrific. And uh, yeah. last question I've got for you, Robert, today, and one I love asking is, if uh, time and resources were no barrier, what would be the biggest game-changing technology do you think you could implement in pharmacies today? Um, okay, so... <laughs> 
Look, I think um, given uh, where the industry seems to be heading towards professional services, uh, given where um, the remuneration is changing to, you know, we need to be more efficient, I I think uh, implementing a rower um, with uh, automated loading, um, refrigeration and essentially automating as much of the stock that you currently have in your pharmacy and eliminating all of those wasteful processes so it, it just happens. Um, and then resource planning what you're going to do with your professional staff in the pharmacy is probably the, 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 the best investment you could make for your business going forward. Um, I, as a pharmacist, I get frustrated that so many um, uh people as customers don't uh, know what a great service we offer and quite often they, uh, you know, the ones that ask get a great service but there's so many people there that actually just don't know what we do and and what is available and and what a difference we can make to their lives that I, I really think they're on the ground. If there's a wave of pharmacists educating customers about what we do, then um, I think that's really going to embrace the change of our profession and, and sort of galvanise as part of a pharmacist as part of the whole health solution. Mm. I've got a little fantasy solution to, th- to throw at you. Do you think it's possible that we could have patients interacting with a smartphone app and much the same ways, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Domino's Pizza's way that you can actually order your pizza yes. and customise it from a mobile application. That you, yes. you might be able to do a very similar thing with uh, a smartphone application and order your prescription and that it actually then goes and instructs the robot on behalf of the pharmacist to pick the stock and get it all ready so that the pharmacist's involvement is very limited and then obviously just focused on the patient. Do you see that happening? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, rather than having a little script pad that says, you know, the person's waiting or they're coming back, essentially the, the, the end user will allocate, a, you know, what, whether they want it delivered, whether they want it to uh, come in at 10, 15. And, and from a resource planning point of view, how, how exciting would it be for someone to walk into a pharmacy and, um, you know, that, that everything is ready for them and, and essentially the pharmacist appears to have been waiting for them to come and collect their product. Yeah, I see that that, that is great potential and certainly possible. Absolutely. Oh, it'll be a great, great time to do that. Well, Rob, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, I think our pharmacy owners have got a lot of value from that. I think anyone who's ever considered pharmacy automation uh, will certainly have a much better idea as to where they need to start and who they need to talk to and obviously some of the questions and uh, decisions that they need to be making uh, in their pharmacies with their team uh, before pursuing it. So thanks, Rob. It's been great and uh, look forward to having you back on the show in the not too distant future. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. All the best, Rob. Cheers. Wow, what a great interview to kick our series off. Uh, You'll get some great insights in the coming weeks from some other pharmacy owners who partner their businesses in automation. But certainly Robert's insights uh, provided some great basis of uh, what we really need to focus on as pharmacy owners when we're considering a pharmacy automation robot in our business. Three key learnings I took away. Uh, Workflow is key. Uh, Robert's initial example of how he 
adapted workflow into his pharmacy to accommodate a robot, we need to start to be thinking about that now. I know that when we started looking at how our dispensary workflow and um, one of my uh, mentors in that regard, Peter Ferros, is coming up in a later interview that we'll get uh, later this month. But we started focusing on, uh, the, I guess, the higher value pharmacist activities and the lower value pharmacist activities. And we then looked in our pharmacy to uh, employ a dispense tech as opposed to an additional pharmacist and just rearrange the tasks that pharmacists were actually doing in our business. So that's something that we can all take away of. We can start to think about what things we could apportion or delegate tasks to dispensary assistance and we might find that we need to employ additional ones to be able to make that happen but obviously what it does do is it allows you diluting your pharmacist time so that your pharmacist time is spent on higher value activities but more of that will come I'm sure Peter will blow our mind with that down the track. Education number two and planning shouldn't be rushed. If you're going to consider buying a robot for your business, have a good think about what's available, how it works, perhaps even go and visit some of the pharmacy sites. I know Robert would be only too keen for you to come to his as, as do every pharmacy owner that we're going to talk to about these systems. There's something you should take quite seriously, see how they work and obviously have a look around and look at all the systems. We'll be covering those in the transformation show in the weeks to come. The third one is efficient logistics of automation and how it can serve as a platform for future innovation in our pharmacies and as it turns out, our wholesalers as well. So it really does form the basis of really being excellent at separating our logistics from our professional services so that as we spoke about earlier in this podcast, we can really build that primary health services model moving forward, not being held back by administration. Our micro transformation this week builds on our feedback from last week. So last week we spoke about team and customer engagement and how you can automate the feedback loop. Feedback is great, and we can get it in some great formats. We spoke about SurveyMonkey and how you can get that in a tabular format so that you can look at it on one screen. And then obviously you can then, then put it together. Now my advice once you've actually got it all is you need to try and find common themes and clusters. And when you find those, we need to start turning them into actionable insights. It's all well and good to listen, but our listeners and our people putting, putting our feedback forward don't certainly get a lot of recognition if it just sits there and it doesn't get actioned. So we need to turn it into something that our team can focus on every day in our operations of our pharmacy. And the question around that is communication. We've spoken earlier in, our, in the podcast series around producing a podcast for our team as a method of communication. This is all good to communicate it initially so that everyone can get a taste for what we need to be doing and what the key objectives of our pharmacy is. But it's not so much something as a good daily reminder. We cannot expect our teams to be listening to that podcast every day as a constant reminder. So we need to have a list of objectives. And for probably most pharmacies, we probably don't have the room or the capability of putting up a big whiteboard with all our priorities that we're focusing on. 
And what we probably do is either produce a, an A4 sheet, which uh, we have done in the past, and um, it might even be something you stick on a staff notice board to get people to focus on what are your key priorities for this month, next month, it might even be for the whole year. And that's where this feedback's gonna come out, which is really important. You may have a common theme amongst what your team's after, or maybe what your customers are after. And you might then decide, well, maybe your customers are saying, look, you know, our prescription waiting time is too long. So the actionable insight may be internal initially, where you might start to look and observe at different times of the day what's going on in your dispensary. And again, building on some of the learnings from our interview today about workflow, you may then decide that the prescription waiting time is taking so long because we haven't got an efficient logistics pathway and we could potentially make that better. So it could be a goal of the business to do some research around maybe automation, but make some initial changes. So it could be that you change the roles of a dispensary tech or you change the roles or both with a pharmacist and everyone needs a daily reminder of that. So where I'm going with all of this is where do you put that and how can you remind the team as to what they need to be focusing on as well as any tasks that may come from that. So there may be daily tasks that you need to do in terms of ordering or there might be some particular patient-centered issues that you may need to follow certain people up. How do we do that right now in our pharmacies? And that's what we're gonna focus on today in our micro transformation. And as per usual, the tools that we're gonna be talking about today are free. Again, there's a paradigm shift that we should all be aware of here. The world of technology has limitless possibilities and the cost is not prohibitive. In fact, the most of the time it is free. So it's a great opportunity for us to really excel and build upon um, some of the great processes that we have in our business, but to enable them and to make them more efficient by partnering with some smart technology. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So the education aspect of our first step. So we're gonna talk about project and task management tools. So again, we take an actionable insight and we drop it into something that we need to be able to share with our team. Now, what, what, what have we done with this in the past? We'll go through that in the discovery step, but I dare say it's been, it's been an interesting process. So these project and task management tools need to be what's called collaborative so that we can give every one of our team the same, same opportunity to view and to comment on some of these insights that we've produced from our feedback. So that might be the process that we actually follow into deciding what it is the project actually is and what the tasks actually are. But at the same time, we also need to put that up there. I'll give you some examples as to how we've used it. And one thing that we do is we've, when we have our team meetings, we spoke about how you can have team meetings with your team in, in store or maybe out of store, but also adapting some online or offline tools to be able to get some great insights in feedback and also some feedback that might occur during the meeting. And what we've done in the past is that I've always made notes, but they've been my notes and then I'll decide what we were going to do and then I'll put it to the team. But as I'm finding, we're getting much better results when everyone gets to put their 20 cents forward and actually we can get some votes on it and it gives me an opportunity as to what 
our team is actually going to buy into and what they don't really believe in. And at the end of the day, as a pharmacy owner, you're only, you're only going to go as far as your team will let you. And if your team doesn't believe what you're doing and they know your customers just as well as you do, I dare say it's probably a point of discussion and you should be listening. So the project and task management tools enable you to put insights, information, tasks, projects into a, into a format that everyone can collaborate around. There are a number of various various software packages that you can you can get. Majority of them are free. A lot of them are capable on mobile as well. So again, if you're going down the pathway of enabling mobile devices in the workplace, and that is a big trend in bigger corporate businesses, again, it's something that your team can buy into quite easily in terms of being able to collaborate around them. These things have daily reminders. You can have templated lists in some of them, um, and you can categorize some of them as well. So you might have particular things in relation to marketing, professional services, dispensary. You can cut it up and slice it as many ways as you like. So in discovery, how do we manage team communication in our stores? Well, I've spoken about in, in previous episodes about how we've done it and how we've adapted podcasts and monthly team meetings and feedback loops at the end of the week. But we also need to, need to look at, and I will use our case to be able to show you and demonstrate how this works, but we need to be able to put this into a place. So how do we do it before we introduce some smart technology? Well, I think we've just... You know, again, I mentioned I took some notes, might make some meeting notes that I might share maybe with a retail manager or a pharmacist manager, but probably not with everyone. So most of the team never got to really engage with the content of the meeting after the meeting finished and really follow it up until the pharmacy owner or the manager may stand up and say, look, let's uh, have a look at this and, um, and see uh, what we can do about it and they've already made the decision and not haven't really engaged. So engaging everyone's difficult, but we don't wanna be having endless meetings of asking everyone what they think, what do they think. It's always a good thing to be able to do that, but you need to do it efficiently because your time won't permit these endless meetings. And some things don't warrant it as well, but people do appreciate the engagement level. So we may have had diaries, we may have put things on whiteboards, uh, we may have circulated newsletters or a feedback form. And again, all of this stuff takes time. Who's got the time for it? Who's got the time to collaborate with it and to piece it all together? I meant collate it all together. It's just not gonna work. And I, I think for, it's prohibitive probably for most pharmacies, maybe the largest ones that have administration staff who can do that. but. It is prohibitive and uh, what this does is that it brings it right back to where us as pharmacy owners need to be able to find how to do more with less but do it better and more efficiently too. So the partnership step today, I'm going to talk about a tool that I absolutely love. I'll disclaimer again, I don't get paid by these companies, I just love using their tools and I reckon if I love, love using them, I reckon you will too. The tool this week is called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. I'll post some links on the blog, and I do apologize that I am a little behind putting the show notes up. It has been a busy few weeks, so I will get that done over the weekend so that you can review all the links from the past two shows as well. 
Trello is a project and task management tool. It is free. You can create a number of boards as well on here as well. Now in the free version, you can create as many boards as you like. And what the boards are, just to give you a, a little vision as to how it looks, is that if you had a cork board as big as any wall in your pharmacy, and of course we could never use it as a cork board because that would be a waste of space. However, if you wanted to put all of the um, actionable items that you want to get done on there. And you might see this if you go to a car dealership and you watch them as they go have all their jobs up on the board and they tick things off that need to be done before they get handed back to their customers. And for us, we probably don't do this because it's something that lives in the heads of our managers and we just keep needing to be on top of people. So we end up employing people to remind people. So what this board can be, it can be your chief reminder officer of the whole pharmacy. And it can be your retail or pharmacy manager's best friend because you can see, you can divide up your business into segments, into people, into dispensary, retail, professional services, compounding's one of ours as well. And you can have tasks sitting underneath all of those as well. And of course, in our example here where we've got actionable insights that we've got from our feedback, we can create different clusters around it. So it could be marketing related, it could be dispensary related. So we can put all of these actionable insights in what's called lanes of these um, project management boards. So if you can imagine lanes being vertical columns, you can have as many of those on one board as you like. And if you've got a big screen monitor in the office or in the dispensary, again, you could have this sitting on there all day, every day. The aim of this is, is that everyone can access the same board as well. In, the, in, the, in what's called the, um, the company version, um, and actually even in, in the free version, you can have every, every, um, every person can access the same board and actually have an identity. So you can assign what's called a card, which is like a list under these vertical columns, to individual people. So at any one time, you can see what tasks have been assigned to one particular team member. In the paid version, which is I think the company version, which is around about the $200 mark per year, so not too bad, and you can have an unlimited number of people, you can actually restrict which boards people see. But in the free version, and which I think is perfectly fine for a small business and a pharmacy being one of those, um, everyone can see everything. And so um, every person can also have um, private boards as well. So again, if you're a pharmacy owner, you want to have one of these and you want to hide some boards from um, some of the other people, you may want to also consider that um, company version or even just having a separate, um, a separate login for your personal use as well. Um, just to be able to hide it from the rest of the people if that's what you want to do. We open everything up so that everyone can see the list of insights that come out from our meetings and our feedback and uh, everyone can go on there and uh, we can assign them to particular people. It's also quite social. Anyone can comment on there as well, which again, when you've got individual logins for every team member, you can see who's commenting as well. Um, there's also ways of voting in there as well. So you can have uh, your team vote for particular ideas or 
They can reprioritize things as well by voting. So that's quite a useful thing, as well as it can create a calendar of, thing, of uh, items that need to be done in a certain um, order each day. So it's pretty useful and uh, it's very visual. So again, you're not having to have try and you know do everything that we may have done in the past by putting it into a diary or into a piece of paper that floats around the pharmacy and it puts everyone literally on the one page or in Trello's case, the one board. In the optimization phase as the manager or owner, you just want to ma maintain it. So, you know, every, every task and um, insight may have a due date on it. So again, you can monitor to see who's, who's monitoring it. And again, who's closing them off as well, which is known as archiving in the program. Um, so you should start to see, you know, what needs to be done, how quickly it's getting done. And again, one thing that Trello, and again, you may think I've missed App of the Week this week. I haven't. App, app of the Week is Trello as well. So I've done two in one here because again, it works on iPad, iPhone, Android, anywhere you like. And again, you can access that anywhere, anytime. So I think, I think that's, again, something that's incredibly useful. And I think, you know, it would be part, you know, particularly from an app point of view, I'm considering running a series of how you can run your pharmacy from a smartphone because I'm starting to see a trend, particularly in, in my business uh, and uh, my family's businesses. And uh, we, we, we look at and see what we can do on these mobile devices and um, how we can... Uh, how we can do things and monitor things when we're not in store. You need to work in your business, but also on your business. And uh, working on your business sometimes needs to be away from the business. And uh, to keep in touch this way and to receive notifications when tasks are being due and haven't been completed, uh, it's just an incredibly valuable um, prospect for any manager or owner. So that's optimization. That's my micro transformation of the week. Um, I hope uh, hope you're enjoying those. Um, I'd love to get some feedback on the previous shows um, and just you know even some cases. I'd love to get some cases of uh, any pharmacy owners who have started doing podcasts. I, I don't. I won't expect you to send it to me in the anticipation that I'll share it with everyone. But you know, I'd love to get get uh, some examples of how you're going with it and uh, whether you need any help. Um, and also, you know, pharmacists that have now embraced Twitter as a news feed. Um, how are you going with that? And uh, again, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'm on there every day um, and uh, very accessible. And also, um, LastPass as well. Um, if any of you have gone down the pathway of implementing the uh, enterprise solution, which was the uh, 20, roughly about $20, $24 per person per year, uh, or $2 per month, um, it can give you that statistic of how much time you've saved. So I'd love to find out if any of you have done that and also how much time it's already showing you that you've saved. It's uh, an incredibly valuable thing and who doesn't want to save more time? So if you can put the feedback um, either through the blog site, um, iTunes reviews would be much appreciated. As I mentioned, I will feature all those reviews on the show. Um, so really would appreciate uh, any of those and uh, I'll make sure it's worth your while. Guys, have a great week. I've enjoyed this episode and we've got plenty more valuable interviews coming up. I can't wait to bring them to you. Have a great weekend.